everybody. How are we doing? We're going to talk about some classical music today, so I just want to bring it down a notch, right? Bring it down a notch? You just need to bring it down. Isn't that beautiful? So beautiful. This is Van Clyburn playing Claire de Lune. Van Clyburn was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about a Texas legend, Van Clyburn. Really? That's right. Hey, play some more of that. Awesome. Can you play some more of that? That's amazing. That just makes me so at peace. What about you, Kevin? Does that make you sound at peace? Yes. This is a very mellow intro. It, it is. I can. Yeah, I. Well, we got Andrew here. You. Sorry. <laughs> you gotta get a little closer. <laughs> Andrew could start off with the impersonation of me introducing an episode. That could kick it up a notch. <laughs> See, I just don't have that in me right now. Doesn't go. And I even gave you a free cup of coffee too. <laughs> it is really good. It's, it's done good. nothing I for can. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm I'm well, Captain. I'm good. I'm actually uh-huh. really excited. I'm excited about Van Clyburn. I am too. He's I awesome. Did, I didn't know him. You know, he he's he's since passed. Yeah. But uh, what an amazing, amazing man and an amazing American. And there's a lot to talk about with Van Clyburn. So where's he from? I mean, I knew I kind of knew <clears throat> he was from Texas because he's always been associated with Fort Worth for as long as I can remember. That's right. But I never really, you know, knew a whole lot about him. No. Other than he was just a phenomenal piano player. So yeah. just this big, and he's he's known as the Tall Texan. Yeah. And he's this pianist who is world renowned as the one of the top pianists in history. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, he was born July 12, 1934 in Shreveport, Louisiana. So you're like, well, wait a minute. This is not how to be a Louisianan. Right. How to be a Cajun. Right. I, right? I struggle every week to keep you focused on Texas, man. So this is not how to be a Cajun. This is how to be a Texan. You wouldn't be able to understand what they would be saying. <laughs> how to be a Cajun. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to try to do Don't. Don't. Because you'd need yeah, subtitles. They'll come, they'll come after you. They will because they're strong people. But uh, you need subtitles for that Cajun speak. But regardless, um, Van Clyburn, born in 1934, uh, he did pass in 2013. He was born in Shreveport, Louisiana. His mother was a classically trained pianist from Juilliard Mm. out of New York. His dad worked in the oil industry. And so he started taking piano lessons from his mom at three, at the age of three, which is amazing. And then uh, when his dad, when he was six, his dad had a new job in Kilgore, Texas, and they moved. And then somehow they... They got around over to Fort Worth, and he basically spent the majority of his life around Fort Worth. Um, and so at three, I think his mother saw him basically mimic very complex piano uh, pieces. Yeah, what I read was he was mimicking what she was teaching the students. Right. Right? I and think at, he could just mimic it. At whatever level. Yeah. And so that started at three. And so then his mom's like, okay, this guy's got something. And mm-hmm. she started training him. And then he ended up going to the Juilliard Institute in uh, New York and was classically trained. He uh, focused on Russian classical, specifically Tchaikovsky music. So Um, he was a commie? No, not at all. Not at all. Matter (laughs) of fact, he was the counter to that. He was? Okay. And so the one thing that I want to go to, let's do that in just a second, but there's a YouTube video that is an interview with him when he's an older man, but Kevin's got a bunch of tracks on it that are fantastic. The one thing about Van Clyburn, and of course I didn't know him. I never saw him perform. I never met him. Or... That's too bad. I wish I had. <clears throat> Me too. You know? 
Me too. I kind of have a bucket list now of people that are, you know, getting old right. that I want to see before they're gone. Yeah, like Carol Burnett. You know, right? That's like all. Elton John. Right. I mean, he's not a Texan, but you know, yeah, what no, a I, shame! I, if I can't see him then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, we can't talk about it on this program. I'm sorry. I'll delete that. No, no, no. No, it's fine. <laughs> but but I I didn't I never saw so his, so Van Cliburn's uh full name is Harvey Levon Van Cliburn Jr., but he went by Van. And um no, I never saw him, but this interview on it was a YouTube video and it was this interview, it was amazing. And it just shows him as the the one of the most humble men or people I've ever seen. I mean, because he could have been had this amazingly huge ego mm-hmm. because of his talent, all of his, um, you know, the accomplishments that he'd had his life, and he didn't. He just didn't do that. Well, this is kind of a cool clip. Uh, well, I'll just play it, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. New York City adds its own bravo to the worldwide crescendo of applause for Ben Clyburn. On his return to the U.S., the 23-year-old Clyburn was given a ticker tape parade down Broadway, the only classical musician ever so honored. Yeah, so he's the only classical... I mean, anybody that gets their own ticker tape parade down Broadway, right. much less for being a classical musician, you would think they would have a gigantic ego That's right. after that. Well, but let me, let me explain why he had a ticker tape parade. So he went over to the, it's called the International Tchaikovsky Competition in Moscow in 1958 as a, and this was older, in his 23rd year. So he's 23 in 10 months or so. He's almost 24. But he won it. He, so he won it as a 23-year-old U.S. person going into Cold War Russia. Mm-hmm. And they loved him because, again, he just, they saw him as the tall Texan. He was a very, very tall man. Big long fingers, and he just came out this exuberant smile, and he had this. So I actually watched the video of the competition. So that's on YouTube as well. And so he's got this fantastic orchestra behind him that's playing this intensely complex piece. And he gets in there and he starts playing, and his fingers are going so fast, and it lasted like twenty three minutes. It was wow. forever. I'm I'm like, I don't know how you memorize that many keys, but it was nothing. And he just goes up and down the keyboard with with this amazingly complex piece, and he won. And And so, yeah. One of the interviews I saw or heard was he was talking about the judges that were there. You know, when he went in there, he was like, oh, wow. Mm. These are the The best. The best. In the world. In the world, Russian classical, you know, Musicians or pianists, whatever they were, right? And he lifts it off a bunch of names in the interview. I can't remember, but, no. But he was like, "Man, I was more intimidated by that than the crowd. The crowd playing with an, yeah. in, a, in a new, mm-hmm. uh, you know, setting with a new symphony orchestra yeah. behind him. So imagine all that pressure, man. <laughs> As an American and, yeah. going over in the Cold War, he just nailed it. He killed it. But he also talked about how once he got to know those judges, how they were just the nicest people. Right. And that was a recurring theme through all these interviews, just how they were so nice in Russia. They were so nice to me. Right. And, you know, and this is at a time, like you were talking about, Cold War, where, you know, there was no right. positive, you know, love between the U.S. and no, Russia at all. And, and I'm not going to go on a, my senior thesis, but let me... Oh, I thought you were. Well, okay. <laughs> Prepare for my senior thesis. Here we go. I'm kidding. So the the background on the Cold War, and then I'll get into him, and again, his love for the, the music, and I think that's what was the... 
the common element mm-hmm. with the judges and frankly the Russian people because they loved, loved, loved the classical music because Tchaikovsky had written all of this. And so there are, I don't know, decades and decades of Russian classical music development. The the culture of the day was they loved it and appreciated it, and they certainly loved it when somebody relished it from outside of their culture. And I think that's why they liked him mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, just quickly, um, and I won't, I won't even go back into all my notes, but just remember the end of World War II, so the mid to late 40s, 1940s, remember? And so what had happened, and this was in the, the Eastern Front, not the Japanese Front, but on the Eastern Front with the Nazis. And so remember what happened was the Americans and the Brits came from the West to the East into Germany, and then the Russians came from the east to the west so we have these colliding forces of mm-hmm. the russians versus the Ameri- mainly the americans but the because the brits were so just bashed by the end of the war mm-hmm. so it was mainly the americans and the russians coming together crushing uh, hitler and all of germany and i will tell you there's one book if you guys ever want to read this, a really good book and it was called um killing Patton. And it's that series, you know, the killing Kennedy, killing Mm -hmm. uh, Lincoln, uh, et cetera. And it's by Bill Mm O'Reilly and Martin Dugard, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's called Killing Patton. And Patton, General Patton at the time had this theory of, we need to keep going, America. We're in this position of uh, strength. And we're just gearing up at the end of World War II. And our biggest threat is not Germany, but it's Russia. Mm -hmm. And so that's, there's all this, you know, these theories about why Patton was killed because he had this dark theory that America needed to keep on going forcefully and invade and crush the communist Russia. Mm -hmm. Of course that didn't happen. There was a communist movement over here at that time. There was communist party, like political party that was communist and and they had candidates and it was very, very, you know, it's hard for us to imagine that now, No, but it was kind of coming up here. And part of what was, Fueling that was, oh, wait a second, right? We just saw what these guys did. You know, they had a revolution. Yeah. We saw what they did in the war. Right. Now there's parties forming over here. They're going to try to overthrow the government, right? So right. it kind of came this huge witch hunt to find anybody that was in it, you know. The Red Scare. Yeah. The Red Scare. Yeah. It was the that's Red exactly Scare. exactly right. But, but so think- that's the backdrop of what's going on when this, you know, 23-year-old kid from Texas says, okay, yeah. I'm going to go over there and play some piano for you guys. Right. So he, <laughs> so, so he won this. So think about the Cold War. It lasted from 1946 all the way until really around 1989 to 1991 when the collapse of USSR occurred in 91. When, remember, Reagan, you know, tear down this wall mm-hmm. and the Eastern Bloc and all that. So, <clears throat> so – it, we're fresh into the Cold War. I mean, we're six, seven years into it, and all these tensions are high. And here comes the tall Texan who has been classically trained at Juilliard, comes in, blows away the competition, and wins playing a Tchaikovsky piece. And just and, and, and so then now let's get into kind of the humility of Van Cliburn. And so I think the one thing, I don't know if you have that, but we can certainly speak to it, is in the interview on this YouTube video, and we can put the notes uh, in our note um, to the audio on this, but he speaks to don't love me. All I'm doing is I love the architecture and the structure of the music, and I'm trying to convey that to whoever's listening and sitting there and experiencing this with me. He talked about how that was a 
big responsibility. The yeah. word responsibility is what he would use over and over again. Right. He's like, well, I have a responsibility, right? Any classical musician has a responsibility to represent this music in the right way, right? Because right. this was stuff that was written, you know, there was no recording equipment. There was nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So all you have is music on paper, right? Right. That, you know, was written, I don't know when the his stuff that he was playing was actually written, but... Mm-hmm. Classical music written hundreds of years ago, and you know it continues to carry on. And there's kind of this responsibility. You know, you're not just up there, you know, improvising, right? You got to no. keep it, you know, keep it legitimate. That's right. And so that he felt a, a big responsibility for that. And he even said at one point, you know, long after you know, I'm dead and you're dead and everybody else is, you know, is dead. This music is going to continue. That's know, right. Going on and on and on. And That's on. right. So, yeah, I, I was really blown away by that. I was, too. I, I was, too. He also so. talked about the architecture of, you know, how complex classical music is and that it's, you know, the responsibility for him to make it sound simple. Right. You know, but he's like, there's a lot going on there. Well, there there is a lot going on, and yeah. I, I do have a story about that. Okay. You, you want to hear my story? You're sure. Not gonna, you're gonna, not going to insert the Trump. Well, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. I'm just so I'm so used to I it now. Insert it wherever I want. So, I mean, so anyway, one of one of my be a giant sucking sound going south. I think that's more appropriate. <laughs> it's a giant sucking sound. <laughs> <laughs> a sucking of energy, my life energy. That's <laughs> so sad. Anyway, I had a friend all through high school. Well, I still have uh, her as a friend, Susie. Um, it was one of my best friends through high school. Anyway, I would go over there and visit with her. And her dad was an American Airlines pilot, and he loved classical music. And so I'd go over, and I'd visit with Susie, and she'd be getting ready or whatever, and we'd go get a Coke or something. And so Mr. Taylor, he'd be like, Kyle, come in here and sit down. And we'd just sit there, and he would say, just listen and, and enjoy this and absorb it. And so he, he was kind of my first introduction to classical music. And if you listen to it, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, I can listen to it while I'm studying or you know, if I'm trying to go to sleep or I hear it on the elevator, you know, but he listened to it actively because he believed he just loved it. And he felt all the richness and the tones of it and the the passion and the emotions that it evokes. And so I was listening to a lot of what Van Cliburn had played uh, throughout the last few days, just leading up to this. And it really does. I mean, the mood that he sets by and the complexity of the songs are so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine. First of all, I can't play. I took when I was in like fourth and fifth grade, but I was horrible. Did you ever take piano? No. Yeah. Can and we you, have a piano in there that never gets played? Can you go in there and plink away and play a few songs? Yeah, I, no. I, could, I could do it. Let me take my microphone over there. <laughs> okay. Can you play a little Tchaikovsky? Yeah. Hmm? Oh, wait. Here's a hand sure. Oh. Oh, Andrew. Andrew, that's amazing. I didn't know you knew Claire DeLune. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he can even talk while he's doing it. <laughs> so relaxed. Yeah, you know. You know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one of my favorite pieces, that Claire DeLune. But no, um, I, I agree with you. I used to listen to it a lot on uh, 101.1. That's oh, yeah. our classical music station here, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and and when the twins were little, I remember, you know, we, I mean, you had twins, right? So feeding time was like, you know, 
mass chaos. Yeah, mass chaos. Total so, stress. So I had this ginormous recliner with these giant arms on it. Uh-huh. And I would turn on the 101.1. This was like in the afternoon feeding time. And I would get each twin on one of those arms and have a bottle in each hand. Oh, yeah. Stuck in each mouth. Right. But that music would kind of just soothe oh, everybody. That's so calm good. Calm everything down. Yeah. Yeah. But do you listen to it now in your normal daily routine? You know, I go through phases. I mean, uh, uh, n- not right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I go through phases. So my phase right now, I I listen to nothing but bluegrass music 24 oh, yeah. by 7 for about the past three or four weeks, right? But I, but I have gone through phases where I've listened to nothing but classical for well, months at a time. I do love bluegrass. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. Andrew was playing me some before we started this. Man, it's good stuff. <laughs> I was in bluegrass. Well, it's very oh, it's very wait, bluegrassy. Because she was she's so. yodeling and there's a lot of yodeling in sure. bluegrass. So <laughs> regardless, but going back to Van Clyburn, um, so I, I appreciate what Mr. Taylor taught me because it was um, you know, sit and and absorb the richness of it. And then as I watch Van Clyburn play on all these videos of him as a 23-year-old and then thereafter, it it was phenomenal. I mean, what a God-given gift. I love his uh, the way he talks about how he thinks about performing. Let me play this clip for you. Okay. You practice over and you try to perfect something. When you go to a hall, you must then and there gauge the distance that you feel to be aware between yourself and the last person in the balcony. Hmm. So, you know, he's thinking, okay, I'm in a hall with, you know, a thousand people. I've got a piano. I mean, you know, it's no microphones. I've got to deliver for the last person. A moving experience. Of the balcony. Yeah. That's right. Isn't that amazing? And I've got to connect with that person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then that, he talked about how he would practice to make sure that he could do that. And that's, I think you're that's aware what, of that last yes, person and you want to reach them. Yes. Yeah. But when you get to the stage, I, I always practice with the lid down. Hmm. There is no reason why to put the lid up. Because when you get to the hall, that is the moment of truth. That's when it has to come that's out. That's when it has to come out. So he practiced with that lid down, I think. You know, so he would really have to, you know, deliver it. And then, you know, then you open the lid and it just is, sounds amazing. Yeah. Right. Does that make and sense? It does. Yeah. And, it, and, and I, I, again, I couldn't believe this, but when, as I was watching him do that performance at this 19, whatever, 50 contest, 23 year old, he didn't have sheet music in front of him. It was all. Oh, it's all by memory. He, he knew it all. It's 23 gotta, minutes. I think it's got to be to do it at that level. It, I don't yeah. see how you could read that. No. I mean,. No. Unbelievable. It may have been a requirement. Sometimes they require that, you know. Really? Mm-hmm. So now you look at his legacy, and his legacy is this worldwide competition that goes on every four years. The Let's see, they call it the Van Cliburn International Piano Competition. And where does that happen? I didn't it's look that up. It's in Fort Worth at the Bass Performance That's what I Hall. thought, yeah. Yeah. So they built that Bass Performance Hall, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, mm-hmm. which is amazing downtown yep. in, in uh, Sundance Square. Yeah, that's world-class, man. <clears throat> it is world-class. The acoustics in there are amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not that big, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And so they pick, I, I can't remember, it was like nine judges from around the world of the top pianists, instructors, conductors, etc., around the world. And they come in and they judge this, and there's an open forum for I can apply, and then you get screened in like late December of this year. They have one, no, no. Let's see, it's 2021, I think, is the next one. So the judging occurs like in November, December of 20. 
and then the actual competition is in 21 because it's every four years. Mm -hmm. And so there have only been 15 winners of this thing already. I mean, and these are world class. And so there's one that's the conductor of the Los Angeles Symphony right now. Mm -hmm. He he won it. And then there was a young lady and she won. And now she's a conductor in Germany or something. So he talked in one of the clips I, I heard or saw of him, he talked about how when he would watch this competition, how the young you know, musicians would inspire him yeah. to go home and practice. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's so great. <laughs> that's a that's somebody that just loves it. But he was a perfectionist too. Oh yeah, play, and, yeah, play that one about. Oh well, this is a good one. Here. Yeah. Are you a tough critic on yourself? Very, really? Too hard. Very, very hypercritical. Yes. You want so for it to be not perfect. More than perfect. <laughs> you and I thought, I thought he was, was going to say, not perfect, but you got to try to achieve perfection. Yeah, try, to, like, no. try to do good. More than perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when I try to do something well, I, you know, I, I'm like, eh. I've never tried to do anything more than perfect. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, and the humility, there's one more clip we haven't played yet, but I think it kind of points to his humility and also his connection with the Russian people. But this is a good one. I liked it. Okay. I got off of the plane, and there was this very lovely, gracious, nice lady, Genrietta Belayeva, and I still know her to this day. <laughs> and she said, Mr. Van Kleeburn? <laughs> and I thought, yes, welcome to Moscow. So all the time I was there, I never told them that in this country we pronounce it Van Kleeburn. So I have two names, Van Kleeburn and Van Kleeburn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's just humble. What a class act. Yeah, because he could have come across snotty yeah. and said, no, it's Van Cliburn. Right. So, right. But, what yeah. a class act. Uh, very classy. Yeah. So, I, I love learning about it. Now, <clears throat> you know, it makes me want to. So, I'll probably go on my kick where I'm listening to classical for the next several weeks. Mm -hmm. And specifically, Van Cliburn. You can listen to him. Like, I pulled him on, on uh, 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 whatchamacallit, uh, iTunes. Mm -hmm. And there are a billion songs. I mean, it's like every song he ever you know, played, it's on it's iTunes. On there. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it's uh, ranked just below the How to Be a Texan podcast as far as number of I think so. listens on iTunes. I think yeah. so, no. He's, he's giving us a run for our money, though. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Because, yeah, Claire de Lunes, I found that. I'm like, okay, that is <laughs> that is on my, you know, uh, frequent play. Yeah, no, it's amazing. What a, What an incredible guy and, you know. Proud to have him as a Texan. There you, know? you go. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's, you know, not Even though he anymore. came from Louisiana, but he no. performed. I thought you were going to say because he's dead. Oh, no. God. <laughs> <laughs> Edit Just that out. No. It's, well, he, you know, okay. God rest his soul. You can't do that. <laughs> oh, I just did. I just did. All right. Well, hey, thank you all for listening to us. Do we have any ranch updates or anything? I don't have. I... Not really. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we finally got our front uh, kind of rebooted. Oh, that looks amazing. Yeah, looking better out there. Yeah, we had ripped amazing. out everything in the front yard. Yeah. Um, we got a blue norther coming in tonight. You know that? That's what Kinder said. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be butt cold. Yeah. Get the fireplace going. Yeah. I just keep on working on Scout, my dang horse, with that massive cut on her butt. So what's Every, the deal with that, man? It's just a, and there, it and then keeps it, reopening. Well, if I take her jacket off, it's like a big Band-Aid that I leave on there so it can be 80 degrees and she's got a jacket and all my neighbors are like, dude, you're torturing your horse. And I'm like, well, 
It's like a big Band-Aid because she's got this like four by four open wound. But it's not healing up at it all. It is. It's just mm-hmm. slow. Okay. It's just good. slow. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. All right. Okay. Well, hey, thank you all for listening to our episode on Van Cliburn. This you, is the classiest episode we've ever done. I know. We haven't like dog like, cussed or anything. No. Maybe it's because of these tuxedos we're wearing. I know. Yeah. This kind of. Andrew, I do feel Andrew very playing formal. the piano for us yeah. and everything. Okay, had, could you play some I more? To, I had to kick the tail out. Yeah, let me walk over there. Real fast. <laughs> okay, yeah, play some more while we Get go while we exit out because that's so pleasant. Oh, thank you, Andrew. All Just right. have a seat right there. Flip your tux tails out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a, my warm up right here. <laughs> Just crack your knuckles. You sound like you hocked a loogie. <laughs> no, nah, it was my knuckles. <laughs> I can't actually crack my knuckles. So. You know, when he was little, I would just whip him and whip him and make him learn those scales oh, and everything on the piano. Hey, so, it's really, yeah, it's really so, come out nice. This though. is the result. Oh my gosh, Andrew, it's amazing. Hey, thank yeah, y'all. What can I say? I guess I'm just a natural. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's so cheesy. You missed a note, boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go to your room. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you all for listening today, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Adios. Bye.